Hey creators, welcome to Minding Your Amygdala, the brain, body, and behavior podcast where you'll learn to awaken to your emotions, get informed about your biology, and motivated to use skills to improve your mental health. I'm your host, Dr. Lana, America's one and only trauma psychiatrist. Do you recognize the critical importance of emotions and mental health? Do you want to know more about how to self-recover from trauma? Do you want to better understand the updated science about how our brain and body shapes our behaviors? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you're in the right place. This podcast is focused on making complex brain science simple and usable. You'll learn the six primitive brain systems predictably programmed by trauma and empathy skills practice, my unique methodology that can help you improve your own T, thoughts, emotions, and actions. I'm the skills over pills doc, but I'm also a mama three, a busy entrepreneur, and a human being trying to make it through multiple global pandemics just like you. Minding your amygdala will teach you transformative ways that you can approach your day-to-day life and I'll give you strategies to break free from the trauma cycle. All right, let's get started. Hey, 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 it's Dr. Alana. And I'm so excited to do this second episode of the Minding Your Amygdala podcast. And I thought that it would be a great time to really dive into what trauma is and how many things are traumatic that we would previously maybe not have thought of in that way. And today's episode is called The Slap. Seen round the world. Mm, 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 mm. All right, y'all. Now, recently, we have seen on television and just in general a major uptick of people behaving badly. (laughs) Have y'all noticed it? We have had a significant uptick in people getting into uh, altercations on airplanes, people getting into arguments in stores and on viral videos. We have seen a uptake in people road raging and causing accidents and even deaths on our roadways. And no, it is not your imagination. It feels like society is (laughs) popping off. Things are seething, bubbling, if you will. And this leads me to the events of this past week where we saw Will Smith, for lack of better words, slap the shit out of Chris Rock at the Oscars on stage, camera rolling, audience there, everybody dressed up in their best fuddy duds. This is the elite of Hollywood. 
and Hollywood is supposed to be the elite of America. And Will Smith is truly one of our greatest heroes. And, you know, say what you will about Will Smith. Will has shown a remarkable amount of restraint over the years with the different things that we have seen, uh, you know, just come come across his plate. Let's back up a little bit and think about how he has been talked about for years in the industry for not cursing in his music. People have called him corny. People have called him all kinds of stuff. And I'm going to keep it real in this episode. So there's going to be some cuss words. Y'all might not want the kids <laughs> on this one. Um, yeah, they people call Will Smith all kinds of stuff, a punk and everything, because he doesn't talk about shooting people and fighting people in his music. And he has taken those comments and blows in a pretty chill manner if you will. <laughs> a lot of people would be fighting about some of the stuff that's been said about Will. And then we even go to Will and Jada's entanglement situation, which I once again think that Eaton, say what you will about Will and Jada and the public aspects of their life, they actually try to keep their marriage and relationship very private for a very long time, even though people uh, were constantly speculating about it. And then when they did share it, now that they've, you know, what people would say is overshared their marital ups and downs, which (laughs) as a trauma psychiatrist, I promise you their struggles are not unusual or even uncommon. They're just being open about it. Anyway, even in that, while I'm sure that they had their private conversations that were difficult, he has taken the blows of a lot of people calling him names. And, you know, even now people are making jokes about, well, why didn't he hit August? And why, if it was anybody else, you know, insert what people, you know, I've even seen people say, if it was Betty White, he wouldn't have done it. I'm like, of course he wouldn't have done it if it was Betty White. What are you talking about? And I think that even that line of teasing that people have engaged in is another example of how cruel, how commonly and casually cruel people are when they are sharing their opinions about other people's life. But we'll come back to that. Now, the reason that I brought up all of that is that also after having read Will's memoir recently, I know that he has made a very strong and public stance about physical violence because he witnessed so much of it in his household with his father uh, beating on his mother and him feeling like a failure or for not protecting her or a coward is is a word that he has used and making sure that he protects the women in his life is clearly important to him to a fault. He, he, that he admits that his own emotional maturity had to grow over the years to understand how to 
love the women in his life the the way that they desire to be loved. But all of that leads me to say that Will has never, in my knowledge, hit anyone like that. And it sounds like even his family, his mother, his other people have expressed surprise that they haven't seen him pop off like that. So then, of course, that shocks all of us because none of us would have expected him, especially on a night where he's getting ready to win one of the biggest awards in acting for portraying one of the greatest personalities uh, in sports in Richard Williams in King Richard, right? It's the irony of all of this. It's just like, wow, okay? And for him to do that, you know, I think it's kind of funny when people are like, you know, oh, listen, <laughs> I think they said, it's the devil. I'm like, mm, that wasn't your, the devil, Will. That was your amygdala. <laughs> we going to come back to that. All right. So now flip into what some will say is the other side of the equation. Chris Rock's experience. He was attacked in his workplace on camera by another black man physically assaulted in the workplace while he was doing what he was hired to do. And not only was the person who assaulted him not removed from the building, but was allowed to stay, then was awarded the biggest award of the night and received a standing ovation. (laughs) So uh, I certainly... My my thoughts are with Chris as he processes this. I'm glad that it sounds like he has a good therapy support system and mental health structure that will hopefully help him get through this. And I'm impressed personally with his professionalism, with recovering in the moment and being able to finish out his task. Um, But no one should have to do that. And I think it also speaks to the fact that he has been in some pretty terrible situations. And that's probably not the first time he's gotten slapped, (laughs) smacked. Um, And not just because of his comedy and the style of comedy that he does, but he's talked about being robbed multiple times before, being assaulted multiple times before. He has shared that he was bullied mercilessly in his early childhood, not just for being small and skinny, but for being black and for, uh, you know, all manner of things. uh, And that he was tormented, literally. And you can find these on public interviews uh, and even sexually assaulted in his uh, early childhood. And I'm sure that there is more to it than what has even been shared. So he knows how to take a hit. And that is admirable. And at the same time, there's a lot of people like that. Uh, Many of us in America and, and really in other countries, too, we've been through so much that it's like, huh, take another hit, shake it off, keep going. And while that's possible to do, it doesn't mean that it didn't hurt, that it wasn't damaging, or that there's not trauma 
and internal changes that happen even as you shake it off and keep moving forward. So we have to start talking about trauma openly and empathetically in order to heal. You're going to hear me emphasize that concept over and over, that trauma hurts and empathy heals. Now, I also saw that Chris Rock has been diagnosed with a unofficial disorder, meaning that this is not a fully recognized condition that's listed in the DSM-5, the Diagnostic Statistical Manual that mental health practitioners and uh, the overall mental health community uses to diagnose uh, and group people into categories of conditions so that we can have consistency in our understanding and our treatments. Um, Nonverbal learning disorder is a, some would say maybe a offshoot or a cousin of autism spectrum or uh, types of conditions. But I would venture to say that how this condition is described is that despite people being very verbally fluent, they have intense difficulty in reading nonverbal aspects of language and communication. And that also includes emotions and being able to read the internal experiences of other people quickly and effectively enough that they can respond to it in real time. They have a blind spot for things that are not said, put it like that. So this may mean that while they're very person that may struggle with nonverbal learning disorder or language disorder may be able to go through school and work and be successful in many ways in their life, but have great difficulty in their relationships, especially long-term relationships with other people, in part because it's difficult to navigate the world without a solid understanding of invisible things because um, about 80% of communication is nonverbal, where about 20% is the words that we choose and 80% is the tone in which they're delivered, the the slang or the culture that uh, colors the, the language that we're using, the body language the emotions that are delivered with it. And then you have, the, it has to land in the other person's brain and be interpreted in exactly the way that you meant it. So there is miscommunication built into the way that humans communicate, point blank, period. Now, I'm saying all of that to say that Chris's background in telling jokes and joning on people, well, first of all, Uh, Let's go back to the culture of the Oscars. The Oscars is a big roast. (laughs) The Oscars is a particularly set up to be rather uh, stabby (laughs) at the people in the audience, especially and the Hollywood elite to have their, quote, comeuppance. They hire comedians and hosts and other people who are known to make those type of jokes about people. So I'm sure that from the perspective of Chris just seeing Jada with with her bald head sitting at the front, and it's an easy joke to make, 
And he made it with, you know, good timing and laid it out there. And she rolled her eyes like, well, whatever. <laughs> and Jada is animated, but that one was a big eye roll. Um, and so I'm going to come back to Jada because I think it's really important to also talk about her in this. But I can see how from Chris's perspective, it's, you know, I knew that Jada has struggled with alopecia because she's posted about it and she's talked about uh she's talked about it on Red Table Talk and I'm a fan of Red Table Talk so I have seen episodes about this but I can also understand how many other people who don't keep up with that kind of thing would just see a bald head and not know why I can only imagine the number of questions and comments and insensitive <laughs> questions I should say and comments um that people made from the car to their seat that day, because, you know, a lot of times I'm a disabled person. I I have to walk with the cane sometimes. And I can't tell you how many times people have made jokes about the cane or said things like, oh, you're too young to have these problems. And I'm like, hmm, you know, you know, we have children's hospitals, right? So illnesses and things happen along the whole spectrum of human life. And you know, you get annoyed. Sometimes you can brush those things off, but especially in such a high profile situation, I'm, you know, Jada comes off as looking very strong, but we know that Jada is a human. She has emotions and that she has had beautiful hair. And now to have to come with her bald head, I'm sure she's embracing it as best she can. But that was a really painful, traumatic process for her to lose her hair in clumps. She has been fighting this process for years and years. And she only really told us about it when it got to the point where she couldn't hide it anymore. And she had to say it because she couldn't even hide it with the wraps, head wraps and wigs and other things like that. So that would that should give us a clue that this has been a really tough journey and that Will, as her husband, has probably been with her through that whole thing, watching those tears. We don't know. She could have been upset in the car on the way to the thing, <laughs> like to the event. So we don't know what their conversations have been. And again, this is us taking the time to maybe color in some of the things that we don't consider and think about in the moment when we are experiencing these intense situations. So we have the clash, the colliding of multiple factors here, right? We have Will and his traumas and his past about needing to protect and defend the women in his life, especially. We have Chris, who's there to do his job and to mess with the audience and make them laugh. However, he also is a victim in this situation as having been publicly and very uh, significantly embarrassed by uh, not just another person, but a Black man who he has history with, parallel history. Chris had Everybody Hates Chris, which was loosely based around (laughs) the things that happened in his life. And we'll have Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And then you have Jada, who has gone through her traumas with this hair thing. And also, by the way, 
Let me note that anyone who is blaming Jada for Will's actions, like, why didn't she stop him? Why did she? I don't think anybody, it maybe not even Will, expected Will to do that. Will, if anything, I thought he was going to go up there and grab the mic and say something and say something funny. Because that's the type of character that Will is. And I'm like, what do y'all expect her to do? Grab the man's leg while he's getting up and going on the stage. There really was no time. He responded. He made that decision and it is fully his. So if you if you even think the thought that Jada is responsible for why Will did what he did, her eye roll did not say go up there and smack the shit out of Chris. Okay. So Will's amygdala is in Will's body. And your amygdala is the part of the brain that creates invisible but powerful emotional surges and urges of all types, anger, excitement, happiness, joy, excitement, all of those things are triggered by and driven by the limbic system of which the amygdala is the core component. This primitive part of your brain can move your body and run your mouth and make decisions for you without you even fully being conscious and thinking out the actions. It will take over and do things. We call it amygdala hijacking. Sometimes you will not even have a clear recollection of what actually happened when the amygdala input, which is always there in the background, by the way, your amygdala is always running in your brain, never shuts off even when you're asleep. So we're always having background emotions, but sometimes they can intensify to the point of amygdala hijacking where you are just moving fully in the emotions of the moment without thinking out the entire scenario. And of course, not thinking out the long-term goals and the short-term goals. So the short-term goal is get through this event, get my Oscar, go home, a hero. Um, And the long term is being able to say that I have topped the mountain when it comes to my career because we know we know that that's important to Will and his amygdala in the moment. He didn't care nothing about that long term goal. It was I see my girl is hurt. I see my woman is hurt. I see who's doing it. We got history. I believe we probably have had some words before some conversation Whatever was going on before that, all of that came to the space where he snapped on them. (laughs) And when I say snapped, I'm not saying that his brain lost control. I'm saying the primitive part of his brain that makes decisions for you took over and took action to do what he felt like should be defending his family and defending Jada's honor. (laughs) Those mirror neurons that I talk about, which are a part of the brain that have internalized thought processes and behaviors that will play out under stress is mirror neurons. (laughs) Uh, It contributed to that behavior. And I'm sure right now he's also feeling really terrible because he, uh, Will, has been a very significantly outspoken person against domestic violence because of how much violence he's witnessed in his home and what it did to him. So I do also wish him well and wish him therapy, wish him 
treatment, wish him anger management, wish him um, knowledge about his brain so that he can become better at controlling it. But all of that to say is that Will and Jada and Chris in particular are not the only victims of trauma here in this scenario because the host of the show who came to do their job, their their experience was tainted and they are have openly, some of them have openly expressed feeling traumatized about the situation. The audience experienced violence and that also for many of them may mean, hey, I could be at, in the front of an award show getting an award and I, someone might be allowed to assault me with no consequence or minimal consequence. That could potentially cause trauma for people, some of the people in the audience. Um, I think that it's important for us to see how wide of an impact one event can have because I know a lot of women that were triggered um, in ways of, about some of the experiences that they've had. And it's different, a different type of triggering for so many people. Like I know women who are like, I, I want a man who will fight for me like that. I know other people who are like, that is awful. <laughs> and and that's toxic masculinity and toxic love. And I, what I will say is that everybody's a little right and they're a little wrong. But the the big part that's missing is the whole story, the whole equation, and an understanding of how this biology is so powerful that it moves us to action. And if we don't understand it, we will blame our impulses on God, other people, and the devil, <laughs> Saint Lucifer Beelzebub, when really it's us. It is you that control yourself. No one else can make you feel or think or do any damn thing, period. It is your brain. It is your body. It is your behavior that is coming out of you. And your body will create internal, invisible sensations based on what you believe, what you tell yourself. If Will is telling himself, Jada's dignity is violated and I have to come be her hero, and then he does this thing. First of all, Jada is very capable of expressing herself and is very capable of saying, hey, Will, I think we need to go talk to Chris and have a conversation because that was inappropriate. Um, or Chris and Will and all of them, they got enough money that they have people. <laughs> and their people, can, my people can get with your people and we can work this out through conversation, through uh, uh, nonviolent communication to come to an understanding of why that was a hurtful joke, a harmful joke to Jada, if that is even what Jada was thinking and feeling, because we got to stop assuming that we know what other people are thinking or feeling or what they mean when they make certain gestures and certain Things are happening. This is why the practice of empathy is so important to integrate into the human species because the bottom line is that we there's more that we don't know about what was happening inside of Chris, inside of Jada, inside of Will, inside of the host, the audience, 
and all of the other people connected to this, they have to do their work to process this situation and come to a healing. So I hope that they are doing that and that they will eventually sit down for further process. And I was actually glad that Chris Rock didn't come out and make some joke about it just to say, I'm processing it. Come on for therapy. Oh, Lord, y'all get me excited when y'all are uh, saying saying healthy stuff. Um, but I'm sure we'll hear more in the future about this. But at the end of the day, this is just one situation that we can use to highlight how easy it is to experience trauma in this world and how the collective traumas have snowballed into a space where even those that we consider our most tolerant and temperate and calm, talented individuals are becoming so stressed and angry that they are behaving out of character and not only behaving in ways that are out of character, but ways that they we know that 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 they don't want to behave. And that to me is evidence of the widespread emotional, psychological, and spiritual pandemic that we are in, crisis that we are in on a mental on the mental health side. People are stressed because not just because of the pandemic, we have the trauma of a war that's all over our news. We have the trauma of our political uh, disagreements and gridlock and verbal violence. We have the trauma of climate change and unnatural weather occurrences. We have the trauma of food insecurities. We have the trauma of our television is feeding us trauma. (laughs) Our news media, our social media algorithms are feeding us trauma. Your amygdala is being messed with. So that brings me to the reason that this podcast is called Minding Your Amygdala. It's my favorite primitive brain system because it does so much and it's so loud in our minds and no one has told us about it. No one's really taught us that a good portion of what's happening inside of our internal experience is the product of our primitive amygdala. And our amygdala is very good at creating fear and very good at creating mistrust and very good at creating chaos. And we have to break our addiction to trauma drama. So this is Minding Your Amygdala, a brain, body, and behavior podcast with Dr. Alana, trauma psychiatrist. I want to invite you to check out thetraumacure.com. The Trauma Cure, which is Creators Using Radical Empathy, is my live virtual event in June. It's going to be June 22nd through 24th of this year. And I invite you to come learn with me for three whole days of immersive educational information about this here brain and body and how those uh, components affect your behavior. So you can check that out at thetraumacure.com. All right, y'all. 
If you have any questions that you'd like me to address in Minding Your Amygdala, you can email me at AskDrAlana. Remember, rate, comment, and subscribe to this Minding Your Amygdala podcast and share with others that you think may need this information. And we know that everybody needs to know about their amygdala. All right, everybody, that's it for now. Go out there and wrestle your amygdala.